It's probably not controversial to say that there is no creature more iconic and more unique to Dungeons & Dragons than the Beholder. Nothing quite says D&D like a horrifying floating eyeball monster, and they've remained a tentpole of every bestiary since the very first edition. But what makes these aberrations so interesting? Well, we're going to go over everything that you need to know in order to face off against one, and so that you DMs out there can run one to the best of your abilities. Real quick though, before we get into that, be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And now on to the legendary Beholders. Beholders harken back to a time before the thorough backgrounds for all the monsters really existed. Monsters were just there because they were monsters. Their true origins have remained mysterious as a result, but they have been more fleshed out the more of them that we've gotten. Beholder magic warps reality around them in weird ways, especially in their dreams. When a beholder dreams of another beholder, a new one pops into existence. This usually results in them fighting to the death though, as there's nothing in the world more paranoid and ingenious than a beholder. Beholders are incredibly intelligent and universally arrogant. Each beholder believes that beholders are the superior species and that they themselves are the superior beholder. Beholders view everyone else as lesser beings, at best to be utilized as minions or, at worst, food or target practice. Physically speaking, beholders are roughly spherical with a single massive central eye and a wide toothy maw. Numerous tentacles end in smaller eyes and these eye stalks can act independently and provide the creature with unparalleled awareness of its surroundings. Each beholder exhibits a unique combination of colors, textures, eye stalk lengths, and distinctive irises. Though they tend towards almost genetic similarities in certain areas owing to their bizarre method of dream reproduction. What we have here on screen are the regular statistics for the standard beholder, though there are several wonderful variations that cover lower level threats like the gazer, the spectator, the goth, or the horrifying death kiss. Consider the actual beholder as the apex and use the other lesser beholders if you want a beholder style encounter at earlier levels because as you can see, they're no joke. Though their stats are really nothing but endless things to be terrified of, it's the eye rays that draw the most fear from people who face off against these creatures. And for obvious reasons. They say variety is the spice of life, but I think it's also the spice of death as we can see from, well, all of this variety. The Beholder is able to shoot three of these magical eye rays at random, you can re-roll duplicates, choosing three targets that it can see up to 120 feet away. Though a few of these are self-explanatory, I would really like to highlight the ones that have given me the most trouble in the past and that I think are most interesting, and on top of that I think are the ones that the players should most look out for. For instance, the Slowing Ray. The targeted creature must succeed on a DC 16 dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the target's speed is halved for one minute. In addition, the creature can't take reactions, and it can take either an action or a bonus action on its turn, not both. The creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turn, ending the effect on itself on a success. There's also the Enervation Ray. The targeted creature must make a 16 constitution saving throw, taking 3d6 necrotic damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one, so there's really no escaping damage on that, unfortunately. One of the more diabolical ones is the Telekinetic Ray. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 16 saving throw in strength, or the Beholder moves it up to 30 feet in any direction. It is restrained by the Ray's Telekinetic Grip until the start of the Beholder's next turn, or until the Beholder is incapacitated. If the target is an object weighing 300 pounds or less that isn't being worn or carried, it is moved up to 30 feet in any direction. 
The beholder can also exert fine control on objects with this ray, such as manipulating a simple tool or opening a door or container. And that's kind of where scary things like not being able to lock the creature away or to really stall it for very long can get a little bit creepy. There's the harrowingly disgusting disintegration ray. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 16 dexterity saving throw or take 45 force damage. If this damage reduces the creature to zero hit points, its body becomes a pile of fine gray dust. If the target is a large or smaller non-magical object or a creation of magical force, it is disintegrated without a saving throw. And if the target is a huge or larger object or a creation of magical force, this ray disintegrates a 10-foot cube of it. It's... yeah, pretty gross. The fun does not stop there because they also have legendary actions. The Beholder can take three legendary actions using the Eye Ray option. It can take only one legendary action at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. The Beholder regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. Beholders are the ultimate boss monster, and you should use them as such. Their paranoid nature and proclivity for traps and complicated dungeons is literally tailor-made for the big dungeon crawls that everyone dreams of. Technically, you can throw a Beholder in as a simple threat along the way, but they really deserve to be the big, proper bad guy that the players have to overcome. At early levels, the Beholder is an impossible fight anyway, and they'll need to play on the creature's ego to survive any encounter. Using a Beholder as a big bad guy towards the end of the plot gives you tons of liberty with your plotline, since Beholders are powerful but basically insane. Beholders can suddenly decide the party would be useful for defeating some threats, real or imaginary. Beholders can toy with the party with absurd traps, convoluted schemes, or really anything else you can come up with. Running a Beholder is signing a blank check, allowing you to do whatever pops into your head at any given time. And for you sadistic DMs out there, I know that's really appealing. If the party gathers up their courage to actually assault a Beholder's lair, God bless them, make a big deal of it. Fill it with strange rooms and traps, real classic D&D stuff. Also remember that Beholders float, so you can, and should, have rooms designed for flying that your players will have to work their way through. Also, be aware of which direction your Beholder is looking each turn with their anti-magic cone. In combat, Beholders are just plain fun. The randomness of their attack means even you won't know what'll happen each round. And what I'm saying might be a little sacrilege, but if you feel like you've bitten off a little more than you can chew and someone that you really care for, whether it be in the party or an NPC, is about to get blasted with the old death ray, I don't think anyone's going to judge you too harshly if you fudge a roll there. I personally don't like the idea philosophically of doing it, but the importance of the story and the game and indeed your entire adventuring party is a little bit more important than some sort of moral grandstanding against it. Finally, I don't think it would be a bad idea to make your Beholder a recurring villain as well, since they could easily slip away and come back later in the campaign to face him off at a different time. Or if they're defeated in some way, you can also just bring them back as a sort of reincarnated or mecha version. I've seen it all done before. The point is, they are more worthy of being recurring villains than most things from the Monster Manual. So let's say you're the one fighting the Beholder. Well, if you're a caster, your first priority should be getting out of that anti-magic gaze. While D&D doesn't have facing rules, the Beholder can't point that cone everywhere at once. Try to gain the Beholder's attention if you're a martial class and get it to focus the cone on you while the casters fan out on the opposite sides. 
If your party has multiple casters, keep well away from each other. That way, in the worst case scenario, only one player can get shut down by this. Finally, pack a ton of healing. Between all of the legendary action rays, a Beholder can dish out a ton of damage between all of its turns. You should also come prepared with at least some kind of, well, way of dealing with the petrification. A few greater restoration spells can make the difference between life or death in a Beholder fight. And also, from a role-playing perspective, it's definitely a good idea to play upon their ego, however the situation calls for it. Whether it be charming them, or perhaps getting them really angry and flared up so that they can make a mistake. Either way, if your DM is playing a Beholder correctly, they're going to play them with a really inflated ego, and that's something that you as the player should chip away at. Aside from perhaps a dragon or a character that killed your fictional parents, you can't really get more epic of a fight than with a Beholder. They take a delicate hand to run and an iron fist to defeat, but are in every way worth the struggle. I hope this guide has given you the tools you need to prepare for a creature that literally shoots death from its eyes. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week. And if you've ever dealt with a beholder in your past or if you DMs out there have run an encounter that you're really proud of, I would love to hear about it down in the comments, especially because these fights tend to be very climactic, very sudden, or just very jarring and tragic. And I would love to hear about it. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.